You may take your seats. So today, um, I do not have permission to be long-winded because you guys, what you guys are about to walk into is going to be one of the best things. So somebody say, hurry up, PJ. Okay, here it is. Let's jump right into the word. Today, we're finalizing this sermon series called Help Me, Holy Spirit. How many of you, this sermon series has blessed you? You've learned a little about, about yourself or the Holy Spirit and things of that nature. Okay. Now, today, what we're going to do is we're going to take a big red ribbon and we're going to tie it on top of this thing because we got to finish this thing. Somebody say, let me land. Here we go. Open up your Bibles if you got them or your tablets or watch on the screen. Let's go to Matthew 3. Matthew 3, we meet a man by the name of John the Baptist. He gets the name the Baptist because of what he does with his life. He baptizes people. He does something public in a place where people wash their clothes, where they bathe themselves. Can somebody say baptize? Now, really quick, baptism is not a religious word. It's a Greek word, which comes from the word, somebody say baptizo. All that means is that you are going to submerge underneath something, and when you come up, something changes. How many of you guys wash your own clothes? If your hand is not up, I am I'm highly concerned. I'm very highly, I'm highly concerned. Having a conversation with somebody a couple days ago, and they were like, oh yeah, today is wash day. I'm like, what do you mean today is wash day? Like, y'all don't bathe every day? You know, so, so for some of us, I'm, I'm a little bit concerned if you don't think that you need to bathe every day. The reason why we have to bathe every day, not just physically, is because your spirit needs a clean washing sometimes. So today, we're going to talk about that a little bit. Everybody clap once if you're ready to go. Let's do it. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. Can you read it with me? But someone is what? Coming soon who is greater than I am. John the Baptist is talking about Jesus. Somebody say Jesus. So much greater that I'm not what? Worthy even to be his slave and carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Don't worry, we have no pyrotechnics. We're not going to set you on fire. But what will be set on fire is your aspiration to follow Christ. Okay. Verse 15. It says, but Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Let's finish it out. Verse 16. After his baptism, somebody say after. after. Say after. 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 I want to uh, drive this home. After today, some things that you weren't able to, to do, you're going to be able to. After today, some of the things that you were trying to question, if God was with you, you're going to like, no, for sure. Somebody scream after. After, after today, after this, his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened. And read it with me. He saw the what? Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling where? On him. Really quick, right there where you are. Can you lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, I want you to settle on me. I know I might not be getting baptized today, but you can, you can rest all up in this area of me. Like, you can have all of this space. God, you can be like gravy on Thanksgiving. You can touch my greens, my cornbread, my turkey. We don't eat pork, so no ham, but we got some fried chicken on my plate. Is anybody else with me? Somebody say rest. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me what? Great joy. Today, I'd like to wrap up the sermon series. Teach this title to your neighbor. Say PDA public display of agreement public display of what agreement before we talk about what baptism is we got to talk about what it isn't right down point number one salvation is solidified by your faith not your acts salvation is solidified by your not your you cannot pray enough to be saved 
You cannot read your Bible enough to get into heaven. Getting baptized does not get you saved. It is an act that displays what you feel on the inside. The reason why we are making a big show of it today is because for many of us out here in the crowd, we're here to celebrate with what you are agreeing with. And everybody say, I agree. agree. Baptism isn't an act that saves you. There is nothing that you can do to be saved. Not, Not read your Bible, not make disciples, not go to seminary. Let's go to John 5, 24. It says this. I tell you the truth, those who do what? Listen to my message and underline the word believe if you can or write it down in your notes. Somebody say believe in God who sent me may have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins. But what does it say? They have already passed from into, let's go to John 3, 36. Once again, and anyone who, anyone who believes in God's son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Now let's read it one more time. I'm trying to set a precedence to make sure that you know that baptism is amazing, but giving your heart to Christ is more important. Okay, let's read it all together. God saved you by his grace when you believe. Not when you read your Bible. Not when you bowed on your knees and prayed. When you made the decision to tell God, I believe in who you are, instantaneously your, your name was written in this thing called the Lamb's Book of Life. So that means that even if you didn't get baptized today, heaven is still in your, in, in your quarter. I want to make sure that we make this plain because there is an undoctrinal teaching that baptism is necessary to make it to heaven. We need to make sure that we're obeying what Jesus said, but Jesus also said to make disciples. And people are afraid to talk to people. Jesus also said, do not covet. But I saw some really nice cars yesterday and your boy was like, it would be nice if I had one of those. Maybe if I manipulate Vanessa, we can tweak our finances and I can get me a donk. A donk is a car from the South. That's what we call it. Sorry. I'm so, so sorry. It's, like, what is it? it's a Capri, a Monte Carlo. So there's nothing that you can do that gets you saved. Everything that you do, somebody say, is an act of my agreement. Let's go to Romans 6, 5 through 11. Since we have been united with him in his, somebody say death, and look at your neighbor say, welcome to your funeral. Yeah, you're about to die. (laughs) There's There's a lady in the third row. She's like, I didn't sign up for a public execution. Yes, you did. But here's the thing. The word of God says that we're not going to put you to rest. You are. So that means that the person who you used to be, today you're doing a signification of putting that person in a coffin. You're going to put all the nice stuff about them. You're going to put your pride in that coffin. You're going to put your frustration in that coffin. You're going to put your uh, anxiety and pride in that coffin. Then what we're going to do is we're going to close that coffin. We're going to give that coffin to Jesus, and he's going to toss it from east as far as the east is from the west. I really need y'all to get excited for these folks. How many of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah. Write this point down. In order to live, you have to give up your life. You cannot be a follower of Jesus and have preference. (laughs) You cannot be a follower of Jesus and have an opinion. You can't be a follower of Jesus and have a schedule. What you are saying today when you go down and come up is, God, not my will, but yours be done. So I really want to make sure that you understand that this is not just a dip in the water that gets you free from sin. Jesus already freed you from sin when he said it is finished. Today, we're agreeing with what you are saying is the love of your life. 
since we have been united with him in his death, we will also be, somebody say, raised to life as he was. Read verse 6 with me. We know that our old sinful selves were crucified with Christ so that sin might lose its power in our lives. We are no longer slaves to sin for when, when, he, when we died with Christ, we were set free from the power of sin. Let's jump down to verse number 10. When he died, he died once to break the power of sin. But now that he lives, he lives for the glory of God. Verse 11, I need you to shout it from the tippy toes of your soul. What I say, the tippy toes of your soul. Read it. So you also should consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Christ Jesus. There's a man by the name of Nicodemus comes to Jesus. He says, what must I do to be saved? Jesus says, hey, old boy, you got to be reborn. Nicodemus is confused. Nicodemus is like, my mama ain't here no more. So how am I supposed to like swan dive back in her womb and be re-pushed out? Is that what you're talking about? Jesus is talking to him about baptism, but not by water, by the spirit. There's something that happens when you not just accept Jesus, but you also accept his spirit. Remember what we've been talking about in this sermon series. There's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God is the one that provided everything. He created trees and air and water. Then he sent his son Jesus to fight sin, and he destroyed sin. That's salvation. That's who Jesus is. But once Jesus died, he died for you to get a helper. Somebody say a helper. Today is a signification that you are telling the Holy Spirit, the place that used to be dirty, I've washed it clean, and now you can come and live in me. But you got to do it before you get dumped. So really quick, if you would like to, lift your hands right there and give the Holy Spirit permission. I give you permission. And y'all can do it here in the room too. I give you permission to rest in me. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself into your life. He's not going to force feed doctrine down your throat. He's a gentleman, which means that if you want him to live, somebody said you got to invite him. There are three ways that, you, that this happens in your life. There's three ways that transformation happens in your life. Somebody say introduce, explore, and execute. Introduction is how much you have experienced maybe like an awesome atmosphere that sparked your interest. For some people, it's church. For other people, it's a small group. Some people, it's coffee. How many of you, you realize that there was much more that you could have in your life by watching somebody else live? Like, you mean I can live there too? You mean we can be happy in our marriage too? You mean my son can be healed too? What Jesus does is that he first introduces you to what you can have. So that you can see that it's possible. So for every person that's in the room today that might think that it's not possible, you got 31 reasons to believe that it's possible in your life today. The second thing that happens after introduction is somebody say exploration. After you've been introduced to an atmosphere of freedom, now it's up to you to explore. Exploration is the initial interest that encourages further investigation. For many of you, once you come to Christ, it starts with like reading your word. Then it goes to joining a small group, talking, um, taking a deeper look at your own personal life. How many of you, after before today, you've been looking at yourself in the mirror a little bit different? Like, there's some stuff about you, bro, that needs to change. And now that I'm aware, now I'm accountable. But I know there's a man that died for my sins, and if I give you to him, like, if I give all of me to him, there's this thing called grace that he will save me by. And today is not just for you to get saved to go to heaven. Today is for you to also to become empowered to make some real damage here on earth. 
There is no point in getting baptized as the only thing that you're interested in is going to heaven. Because if you have purpose, that means that every breath that you take that's in your body, every single time that you wake up, after today, you are now purposed and you've been called. So this is what you need to understand. Now that you are getting baptized, you have over 200, 300, 400 witnesses that are not just rooting for you, but we're pushing you towards what God has called you to do. Somebody say, I'm marked. Introduction is the experience that you first witness. Exploration is after I've experienced this atmosphere, now I want to become a part of it. And then there's the last part. Somebody say execution. Once you've experienced the love of Jesus, then once you've explored that it's for you, then you have to make a decision. And this is where agreement comes. There's this word in the Bible. It's called co-mission. Everybody say co-mission. It's called the Great Commission. They go out into all the world, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? But co-mission means that you're not on this mission by yourself. The minute that you agree with God, he sends the Holy Spirit to be your co-op partner. So what does that mean, Pastor Joshua? I'm glad that you asked in your spirit. After today, you're never alone. Like you're, It's called a co-mission. You cannot fulfill the calling that is on your life without the Holy Spirit. So this is why we've taken four weeks to really grind it into all of us that the Holy Spirit, somebody say, help! The Holy Spirit is here to help you, but you have to accept him and you have to execute it. What does execution look like? Accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior, being filled with the Holy Spirit, but then also being reintroduced and rejoined in relationship with God the Father. The one, number one purpose of the Holy Spirit isn't so that you can speak in tongues. I know we talked about spiritual gifts and being able to do amazing things like talk to a mountain and it be cast out, but the real purpose of the Holy Spirit is to reintroduce your soul back to the creator who is God. Somebody say three and one. All three of them have different, all three of them are the same God, but they have three different functions. And you cannot get, uh, you cannot be in relationship with the Holy Spirit and not open up your mind to Jesus and God at the same time. If you disrupt that, what you are telling God is that certain parts of you I'm okay with, but that part I'm not. And I don't know about any of you. Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody where you couldn't bring your whole self? You ever worked somewhere where you couldn't bring your whole self? I can bring my administration. I can bring my communication. But when it comes to my actual personality, I got to put that in a jar, put that on the shelf, and then I'll pick up my personality when I come back from home. I know I'm talking to like four or five people, so that's all I need to talk. Like, I know I can't be myself with my family, so I'll bring my silence I'll bring my anxiety and depression, but I won't bring the joy of the Lord because I don't know if my friends are okay with me being happy. Today, what will happen is that the Holy Spirit will begin to disrupt everything in your life, which means that some of those prayers that you've been praying, when you get dipped, they're going to get answered. Oh, yeah, let's get on that donkey really quick. Pastor, I just want to make sure that I find the right man. Well, if you're dating the wrong one, the Holy Spirit's going to separate you. Pastor, I don't know why he left. He moved out of the apartment. He took everything. Remember the prayer you prayed. Pastor, I don't want to be a procrastinator no more. I want to get my energy up, Lord. And then the Holy Spirit's going to wake you up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Why? That's what you prayed for. The Holy Spirit is the UPS mailing system for heaven, which means that after today, everything that you pray, is on a one-trip send to Jesus. Immediately once it comes from your spirit, he receives it. But this is the thing. A lot of people pray and don't expect to be answered. And when they do get answered, they get freaked out. Today, you're going to have to make the decision to become comfortable with the uncomfortable. 
Last point is this. Please write this down. Baptism is a public outward expression of a private inward decision. Say it with me. Baptism is a? Of a? Two and a half years ago, um, I got to get married. That's awesome. Two and a half years ago? That's, that sounds, I won't say it again. I like how it comes up. My t- two and a half years ago. Glory! It was some work, y'all. Okay. When I got married, there was a wedding, but it didn't mean we were married. Okay. We signed a document. Didn't mean we were married. I wear this ring, but this doesn't mean that I'm married. Please hear what I'm saying today. Somebody say, oh, Jesus. Welcome to this Baptist church. This ring doesn't mean that I'm married. It's an expression of the agreement that I made with another person's spirit. So if I lose this ring, it doesn't mean that I no longer love my wife. If I replace this ring, and some people are really funny, is that the original ring? No, I lost it. Mm. So what? No, it must be nice. Like, no, 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 no. Like, just because I lost the ring doesn't mean I love her. So we're not worshiping the baptism today. There is nothing special about this pool. There's nothing special about this water. You want to know what's special? What's happening on the inside of you. This water becomes special the minute your toe touches it. Because for some of you, you're answering the prayers of ancestors that aren't here anymore. For some of you, you're getting a second lease on life. For some of you, how many of you know that that car accident in 75 should have taken you out? Or the last relationship, like, I should, I should not be here. So today, we're not, we're, not, we're not celebrating the ring. We're not celebrating signing a marriage document. You're married now. No, no, no. We're signing and agreeing with your agreement with God. So what is baptism? Baptism is a ceremonial washing, being fully submerged underwater to mimic the practical burial. Write this down, please. A ceremony is a ritual used to celebrate and or observe a particular significant event. Matthew 28, 19, it says, therefore go and make disciples of what? All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father is the provider. He took care of everything. Everything God was going to do, he did it in seven days. Look at your neighbor and say, God is done. That's it. Man falls, Adam falls, sin comes in. Remember, God is holy, so he cannot be where sin is. So what does that mean? He has to send a part of himself to save a part of himself, which is you. He sends Jesus. Jesus is, his, his point is salvation. Somebody say salvation. Now, the last part is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the helper. But this is the point I want you to write down. The hope of today is that this ceremony will further push you towards total transformation in Jesus.